You are listening to Under a Pile of Books, and I'm your host, Calvin Park. It is great to be back with everyone, following a little bit of a break from these weekly pod episodes. Uh, I really enjoy doing these, but I was busy around uh, the holidays and whatnot, so I'm looking forward to jumping back in with you number of things worth talking about and I've read up a, a fair bit not not actually maybe as much as I expected over the holidays but in the week or so since um, read read a fair amount so uh, I want to dive in and, and get to get to my week in review and then talk a little bit about what's on deck for me and uh, some other things as well from just sort of around uh, the book Twitter and, and other places, and a couple video game comments as well, which I don't always get the chance to make and don't always get the chance to play as much. So let's uh, let's dive in with my week in review, which is actually more like my two weeks or two weeks plus uh, in review. Starting with Warrior of the Altai. Now, this is an interesting book. It's by Robert Jordan. It was um, published posthumously. Obviously, Robert Jordan died a number of years ago, and Warrior of the Altai came out just this past fall, I think October, if I'm not mistaken. Now, this was a book that he wrote originally in the late 70s. It was actually sold once. The publisher ended up not publishing it, it got sold again, and the publisher ended up not publishing it, and then it kind of languished and sat, and and frankly, I think at that point, Robert Jordan was working uh, on The Wheel of Time, and and he had published a number of Conan novels. This is, Warrior of the Altai is probably closest to his Conan novels, but it certainly has a few elements that... uh, will will get fleshed out in different ways with the wheel of time so you can see kind of the nucleus the the embryonic stage if you will of some of the ideas that that became uh or that got fleshed out in in deeper and and slightly different ways in the wheel of time uh so it, it was it was interesting from from that perspective. It very much is a product of the late uh, 1970s. It is uh, very much um, the the main character is very much a uh, a male, a man's man. Uh, generally speaking, seems to think little of women other than a few specific characters. Uh, so it, it, it was a little, it was a little rough in that regard. Um, and I think I enjoyed it more for it's, it's sort of being, I think I almost enjoyed it more for the fact that it was a little bit of a, of a relic of those times. And I found it interesting to read that today. Uh, so uh, you know, it, it, it was interesting, I think, certainly for those who love Robert Jordan and uh, for those who are uh, particularly interested in kind of uh, those those barbarian people kind of stories, uh, likely would would find this very interesting and, and, and worthwhile. The next book I read was Embers of War by Gareth L. Powell. This is a science fi- uh, science fiction novel, and 
it really scratched an itch that I'd been having for a while for uh, some kind of uh, like military-ish fantasy, but but more like starships uh, doing doing interesting things, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And uh, this definitely scratched that itch. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, so worth um, worthwhile discussions or themes, I should say. Really, the, one of the major themes of this book is the horrors of war and the the aftermath of that and how people deal with that and um it was it was a lot of fun in that regard but fun may not be the quite the right word i mean it was definitely a fun novel i enjoyed it but there there's also just an element where it's dealing with some of these themes that i think are are, are really important and really helpful and uh, make make for an interesting and engaging uh, and really authentic feeling story with with some uh, some good memorable characters as well so really enjoyed embers of war i am planning to move on to the sequel sooner rather than later uh so i i actually ordered the physical copy of the sequel and so uh, i plan to to pick that up hopefully in the next couple of weeks but we'll 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 see how long uh, it takes me to get to that, but definitely enjoyed it. If you enjoy science fiction, especially science fiction kind of based on a spaceship, uh, you, I think, will find a lot to enjoy in Embers of War. So definitely check that out. Uh, the next book I read was uh, Smuggler's Fortune by Angela Board. Now, this is a, a short novel, and it's a prequel to her Fortune's Fool, and... I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I think Angela is just really showing us that 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 she she can do it all. She can write 750, 800 page tomes that tell a, a wonderful story with memorable characters, and she can take uh, some of those same characters and put them in uh, really a, a fairly quick moving. Uh, shorter novel that that tells a very condensed story and still make the plot interesting, still make it a little twisty, still uh, really let the character shine. So, you know, if you're not reading Angela Board, you should be reading uh, her her book Fortune's Fool. Uh, Smuggler's Fortune was actually a uh, released uh, for free to members of her mailing list, and I'm not sure if she plans to um, ever release it as a, as an ebook to to buy on Amazon or whatnot. I don't know. I would love it if she did, uh, because I think this is uh, this is really a, an enjoyable. Uh, enjoyable read obviously like i said short read fairly quick paced some of the same characters from fortune's full uh it's 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 really good and uh angela deserves i think a lot of praise for this for being able to do this uh in a small package now uh, i do happen to know i believe when she she was first kind of plotting this out and planning it i think she intended it as a short story or novelette or something and it it became a novella and then uh crossed over the threshold into novel territory so it's still maybe longer than she intended but i think uh, she she really is showing just what a versatile author she is so you should you should be uh, engaging with her on twitter checking out her stuff well worth it and and well worth your time so so go uh, go do that uh now as soon as possible. 
and uh, and enjoy her world as much as I have enjoyed it. My next book that I enjoyed was uh, Blade's Edge. This is by Virginia McLean, and this is one of our Spiffbo finalists. Uh, this was fun read uh, set in an Asian, specifically Japanese-influenced secondary world. It is not historical fantasy, though it really has the feel of historical fantasy in a lot of ways. And it, it does tell uh, sort of a story over, over a number of years. So there are some time jumps in it. Uh, in, in the story itself, but we basically have two main characters, one who is a warrior, one who is a, a healer, and they take separate sort of parallel paths. One of the most interesting things was the way in which these two characters ended up as somewhat as foils for one another, uh, telling, telling a similar... Uh, giving different perspectives on similar issues within uh, the world that McLean has crafted here. It's, it's not a world that is kind to uh, women or at least women that have any sort of magical ability uh, are not uh, treated well and are really manipulated and, and used uh, for the purposes of the powerful. And uh, as a result uh, there, there can be moments in the story that feel pretty bleak, but I wouldn't call it grimdark uh, fantasy. I, I think there's still uh, an edge of of hope in the midst of even those those bleak uh, those bleak moments. So I I enjoyed it. It's it's another you know worthy Spiffbo uh, nominee. And uh, I'll be I'll be interested to see what some of the other uh, bloggers uh, who who are either the official judges or others who are uh, making it a point to review Spiffbo books think of it. Uh, my full review will be going up later, uh, hopefully later this week. Might take longer than that uh, before I get to it. I'm a little behind on writing my written reviews out, but uh, it was enjoyable. Uh, there were there were one or two one or two things that didn't quite work for me uh, in the book. One of those being some of the time jumps, just necessitated by the the length of time and the the kind of largeness to the story that it's telling. So, but uh, but overall, uh, I think there are a lot of folks who uh, will will find a lot to enjoy in Blade's Edge by Virginia McLean. And then the most recent book that I finished, this is an e-arc that I received from NetGalley. So thank you to NetGalley and to the publisher. Uh, the book is Daughter from the Dark, and this is by Marina and Sergei Diachenko. And it's published by Harper Voyager. This, I... I don't, uh, Diachenko books are always difficult for me to find the words to, to really talk about. I loved Vita Nostra, uh, which I read last year. Uh, it was 
it was a lot of fun. I'm actually hoping that they publish the other ones in that series at some point. Julia Maitov, uh, Hersey does the translation, uh, for daughter from the dark. She also did the translation for Vita Nostra and, uh, she does an excellent job on the translation again. I, I don't know Russian, so I can't speak to that part of it, but certainly she produces an engaging and evocative English text that I think does the story justice. And this is really a, a story. It's, it's not quite as metaphysical as Vida Nostra was, but it's still about these kind of themes of creation and, and identity and it even gets into a little bit to kind of perception and what is what you perceive reality is it not it, 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 there's just it's it's a lot of fun if you like intellectual kind of cerebral fantasy then i think you should be reading marina and sergey uh, diachenko to me, they're, they're just, they, they write tremendous characters, tremendous um, themes into their fantasy and the way that they they sort of craft their plots so that the characters are having to confront the themes. It's all very interesting. It's very engaging. I, I won't say it's fun because uh, while enjoyable, it's it, it, that's just not the word that comes to mind, it's, it, but it is engaging and I really, really enjoy being made to think while I'm reading something and have to have to reflect on what it is that, that I'm reading and, and just what the characters are going through and, and, and just kind of have those moments. Uh, so I really enjoy that. And uh, Daughter from the Dark, uh, this is uh, another great one from the Diachenkos. It is um, to be published in early February, February 11th, I believe, is the street date for Daughter from the Dark. So uh, if you like the Diachenkos, if you enjoyed Vita Nostra, I think this is something that will appeal to you. Go pre-order it. Um, I enjoyed it. I hope you will too if you decide to pick it up. All right, moving away from my two weeks in review and to what I have on deck. First up is Thornbound by Stephanie Burgess. This is the sequel to Snowspelled, which was in the most recent uh, SPFBO, and I believe was a semi-finalist. Uh, it did not make finalist, but it, it was a semi-finalist. Snowspelled, I really enjoyed it. It was this kind of cozy romance, but with uh, mature characters who were making like adult decisions as they interacted with one another that felt very very good and natural and and and, and I, I enjoyed it for that reason alone but it, it was an interesting world that Burgess crafted as well so Thornbound is the sequel it picks up several months after Snowspelled left off Snowspelled is it can really be read as a standalone and frankly you might even be able to read Thornbound as a standalone uh, but you know there are going to be a few confusing moments if you haven't read Snowspelled. But anyway, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. This one had less romance than I was expecting. I was expecting more romance, definitely. And it actually gave more world building and kind of more on the magic and the politics of the world that 
uh, Burgess has created. And I'm never going to complain about that because, you know, I, like, uh, I really, I liked, uh, you you know, if you've listened to my podcast, you listen, you read any of my reviews, you follow me on Twitter, you know I love deep world building. I love uh, magic systems. And so, you know, getting more of that was was definitely great. Uh, the, the world that Burgess is crafting in this series is, I think, really, really interesting, kind of fun, a Victorian-esque, England-inspired secondary world fantasy alternate history maybe maybe that's really the way it's not secondary world i think as much as it's alternative history maybe we'll go with that it, it, it's a little hard it's, it's a little hard to define perfectly in that way i don't know quite enough about the world maybe to to thread the needle between secondary world and alternative history but it's certainly uh, a lot of uh, 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 a lot of politics in this one. A lot of uh, world building takes place in this, while still having a fairly fast-moving plot that that I think is is satisfying. I I will admit I don't say this very often. I I did expect more romance, and and I think I almost would have liked to have seen the main romantic couple interacting a little bit more in this one, and uh, and that's okay. Uh, I'm not. You know, it's not a huge negative that they didn't. I, I certainly got the world building that I love, but that was maybe something that uh, I didn't expect as much with that one. Uh, I still have like a few pages left uh, in the end, which is why it's on deck and not technically finished. But as you can see, mostly finished. Uh, also on deck, uh, which I have not even started yet this week, is the 10,000 Doors of January by Alex uh, Harrow. And I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. Uh, It's one of those that I I never picked up as an arc. I was just busy with other stuff. And then everyone loved it and and everyone talked about it. And even the people that didn't love it are like, yeah, I can see why other people loved it. And I am just really looking forward to this read. I'm planning to start it soon, uh, sometime this week. Uh, Hopefully, well, really as soon as I finish uh, the final few pages of Thornbound. 10,000 Doors of January, you know, frankly, my biggest fear with this is everyone else has loved it so much. I'm really nervous that I'm either not going to enjoy it as much or it's it's just not going to connect with me in the right way. So I'm, I'm actually kind of nervous going into this read, but uh, really looking forward to it. Beyond that, I probably will get to at least one other book this week, whether I'll finish a, th- a third one or not. I, I ought to be able to. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But... Um, I'm not, I'm not sure what that next one will be. It may be another Spiffbo finalist that I have not completed. I think I have three left that I have not yet read. Um, I know I have not yet read Spark City, and I don't believe I've read A Sea of Broken Glass either, and Lisa Cassidy's A Tale of Stars and Shadow I have not read. So those are the three that I have not read yet. Uh, I may get to one of those, or I may pick up the next uh, Embers of War novel by Gareth Powell. I'm not not 100% sure what it will look like, but I am looking forward to whatever that book will be after 10,000 Doors of January. 
there are no releases coming out this week that are kind of on my radar. So I would be very interested, those of you who follow new releases and whatnot, hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what books have released so far in the new year that uh, you are excited about. Uh, I'd be interested to hear that, but I don't have any upcoming releases on my radar for this coming week. I did, however, want to talk about a few things kind of from around uh, in the news or around the kind of the web or whatnot. Uh, first of all, Cristobal wrote a wonderful post. She does this every year on Our Fantasy about uh, who is being recommended and kind of some, some statistical breakdowns of who gets recommended male versus female, uh, non-binary authors, uh, etc., and I thought her post was excellent, as it always is. I think it's challenging because on our fantasy, the vast majority that of authors that are being recommended are uh, male. And there are just so many female authors in the genre. I, I've talked about, just in this podcast, I've talked about uh, Angela Board. I've talked about Virginia McLean. I've talked about Marina Diachenko. I've talked about Stephanie Burgess and obviously 10,000 Doors of, of January, Alex Harrow. There are tremendous female authors in the genre. There are tremendous uh, people of color who are writing wonderful, wonderful novels. Uh, you all know one of my favorites is The Sword of Kaigen by M.L. Wong. That's just one example. And uh, there there are people of color writing fantasy that is doing new and fresh and amazing things. I think of Fonda Lee's uh, Green Bone Saga. There, there, there are plenty. And so, you know, it, it, we as a community, I really, I agree with Krista that we need to be recommending not the kind of the same old, same old. Don't get me wrong. I, I love Brandon Sanderson. And, and I will read his books, and, and yes, I will tell people about his books, and I will review his books. But a lot of people know about Sanderson. Nothing wrong with recommending him, but my goodness, uh, you know, there are so many other authors. We don't want to get into the rut of recommending the same ones again and again and again. We want to make sure that we're recommending broadly and widely and uh, really representatively of the genre as it stands right now and as we hope it will go in the future. So I'm, I'm going to be trying to be a little bit more active over on our fantasy, especially in recommendation threads and trying to put out there uh, some books that, that I really enjoy, especially books that have uh, for their authors have uh, people of color, uh, female authors, but, but also, as you all know, uh, I'll be, I'll be definitely recommending self-published authors of all stripes uh, because I, I know, how amazing uh, self-published books are. And uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, if you haven't read her post, go to our fantasy, you know, search up recommendations and, and uh, you, you can see her post. There've actually been a lot. I think Hugh from the uh, fantasy in threw out a post over with some other thoughts and, uh, and kind of some challenges in it. Um, Several other folks have, have posted recommendation threads specifically trying to, to pull together recommendations for great female authors or, or other. Uh, there uh, was a discussion of some subgenres. Good stuff going on. Go check it out and participate if you uh, are so inclined. 
I also wanted to talk about just briefly a couple video games that I've been playing. Uh, now, these are not necessarily uh, new video games. I, I don't always have a lot of time to play video games, uh, but I, I enjoy thoroughly the time that I do get to play video games. And so I wanted to mention uh, Wilder Myth. And Wilder Myth is this really, really interesting game. It's a tactical RPG and it's got a fun story elements, but, but one of the coolest things is your, your characters in your party age and grow older as you move through the story. They really feel like they become more powerful. There are events that can happen to them that can result in either benefits that change them forever or, uh, negatives, you know, uh, uh, injuries or wounds that, that change them forever. And uh, so that, that I, I just, it's a really fun wilder myth. You can pick it up on steam. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and, and if you like tactical RPGs and you, you like RPGs that, that try to make it really feel like these characters, things are happening to them, then this is definitely perhaps one for you. I also picked up recently, uh, for, uh, the Nintendo Switch, uh, The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, and I know I'm late to the game on this one, but it has been so much fun, folks. If you have enjoyed Zelda games in the past or you just enjoy open-world RPGs, go check it out. Uh, Breath of the Wild is is really, really wonderful, and uh, actually, when I get done recording this episode of the podcast, I'm probably going to go play some more. So, uh, just great game, great mechanics, uh, wonderful world, and they've really opened it up um, in in ways that that make it unique amongst Zelda games. So, go check out Breath of the Wild if if you haven't already, and if you're a, you're a fan of RPGs or Zelda. That about does it for the things that I had on um, my my list to cover in this podcast. Thank you so much for sticking with me and uh, listening. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, my reading over the past couple weeks and looking forward to the upcoming week of reading as well. And I hope you have some wonderful reads on deck as well. (laughs) 